0: Mike's voice is sick, so it's up to me to do the entire cold open. A fiery, powerful force has taken over the formerly heroic Jean Grey. The rest of the X-Men have to band together to save her and save all of mutant kind. No, we're not talking about the movie that just came out this last weekend. We're talking about the one from 13 friggin' years ago that has essentially the same plot. This week, we're looking at X-Men 3, The Last Stand.
1: How? Star? Hi there, Mike. Hi there, Josiah. I hear you got a little case of the Sniffly with I sure do, and that's why we're only going to record one episode tonight, so the listeners don't hear weeks upon weeks of me sounding like this.
0: <laughs> we just got one hot ep in the oven this week. Yeah. Uh, we're coming uh, off of that Game shout of Thrones out to te- the oh, Nettie Pot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
0: I got I got me a sinus rinse over here too, but I do the squishy one where it shoots up your nose because sure. I need that extra that extra oomph, you know. Yeah. I'll- I was saying we're gonna, we're coming off the heat of Game of Thrones, coming off the bigger heat of
1: Veggie Tales, <laughs> and now and now we're going back to blockbuster movies, baby. Right. I think if you were to say um if if you were to make like a relevance spectrum where one end is Veggie Tales and the other is Game <laughs> of Thrones, this movie might be the like right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. It's definitely. A movie from 13 years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. This one, oh yes, which is even better because like we are doing this in honor of in remembrance of the X Fox's X-Men franchise, which is going to be uh ended uh, or just was ended with um, the Dark Phoenix, the new X Men movie that's coming out, which looks like a real dumpster fire. <laughs> and we are honoring it by looking at the last time they tried to do the Dark Phoenix dumpster uh, dumpster fire, which was X Men Three the last day. <laughs> yeah, it was also
1: sort of a dumpster fire.
0: It was also sort of a dumpster fire. But um, can I, I, I think tell you I my...
1: actually oh, oh by, by the way, everybody, uh, welcome to how Star Wars is it. This is the podcast. Oh yeah, we forgot to we introduce like rate and review things, but not on how good they are, but of how Star Wars they are.
0: That's right. I'm Josiah. I'm Mike. that's Mike. And I got too excited to talk about X-Men. I forgot (coughs) to actually introduce the podcast.
1: Right. By the way, I don't have a cough button, so go ahead and clip those out.
0: (laughs) I'm going to leave that first one in. Cool. That way everyone knows. Give some context. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But so, yeah, yeah, so this
1: week we're talking about X-Men The Last Stand, the third of the sort of original X-Men movies, the arguably like first kind of like modern era superhero movies. I want to say the first X-Men was like in 2000 or 1999, like it was one of the first times we saw like, oh, what if superheroes were sort of more like, had more gravity to them instead of just Mm -hmm. sort of like Superman or like the goofy... um, the Goofy uh, movie. Joel Schumacher Batman's and the Goofy movie.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, so yeah, X Men. The first X Men came out in the year two thousand. Ah. Uh, the original Spider Man movie came out two years later in two thousand two. Right. right. So the only thing that kind of I, I think that the only thing that came before this that kind of set the tone and uh, set the stage for like superhero movies being like sort of more serious blockbustery mm-hmm. things was the Blade movie which yeah, right. was in 1998 um, which it's so funny to me that the first like blockbuster like superhero movie was from, was Blade which is like right. a a d like a c d list character in Marvel comics that only shows up every now and then ag- and again as like a guest in different uh, books like he doesn't have his own story very often, and like that was the first one. Like what? Yeah.
1: And then there was Blade Two, and then Blade Trinity. Wait a second, Blade Trinity. That sounds like the hand of some certain snicked snicked fella that I know. Hey,
0: and bringing it back to X Men. <laughs> um, I
1: got to play. Uh, I got to play Wolverine in the roast of Stan Lee by Marvel characters a few <laughs> years ago. And uh, the whole bit that I did was I had like kind of good roast jokes. But basically every uh, after every roast, I would say, boom, where are my bubs at? Because, you know, he <laughs> calls everybody bub.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And
1: then the joke just kind of became how I said, where are my bubs at?
0: <laughs> where are my bubs at? Um, that's that's good. I like that. And I that. have that I just... like
1: costume that you get at like a party store where there's like muscles.
0: <laughs> oh, totally. I'm, so here's the weird thing. Here's. The weird thing. Hold on, I'm looking it up because I need to know.
1: While he's looking that up, um, on this show we uh, we talk about movies, we talk about books. At some point, probably TV shows, and we give them a scale rating on one to ten, the Hasui scale, the How Star Wars is it scale. Mm-hmm. Um, a ten being if you boiled down every Star Wars property into a big old Star Wars chili, and we have so far not yet had a ten.
0: No, we haven't because we we haven't yet gone back to the uh, the some of the super, some of the Star Wars movies. I think we'll get that. So here's the, here's the weird thing: Blade the movie. Okay, what's was, the weird thing? Here's the weird thing: Blade the movie was released by New Line Cinema, which was sure a subsidiary, the one that did Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm, subsidiary of, War- of Warner Brothers. So that's fun uh but not not fox not uh disney like not marvel so this was pre-marvel studios so these movies were like entirely unrelated to anything so yeah, i guess it was just marvel and huh. fox seeing this that these movies happened and then going oh we could maybe make some money off this um so if I'm wrong there, someone please let me know. But from what I'm looking at, that seems to be the case. Now, this so what is what you're
1: saying is Blade walked so that the X-Men could walk a little faster. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. And then Spider-Man could walk a little faster. And then eventually yeah. Iron Man could fly just slinging um, through the city. But yeah, so this was the cap to the trilogy of the original X-Men. Now, those of you who are in the know, <laughs> Will, yes, are probably, the comics
1: folks—is that where you're headed?
0: No, well, I guess comics folks, and also just like comic movie people who read too much about this dumb shit. Um, right. So, uh, it's just—it's just a shame <laughs> because Brian Singer, who directed X-Men and then X2, which are actually—you know—those are still pretty good. Like they hold up. Yeah. Um, I, they're not as good as you. I think. I think the first time around, since it's been like 19 years and. Our sort of aesthetics and how we think of superhero movies have changed, but they're still like pretty good. Like the acting's okay. Some of the writing is like kind of not great, but in general, like it's pretty fun stuff. But Brian Singer uh, did not return to do X Three because he went to do Superman Returns, um, which also was a disappointing superhero movie. And then Matthew Vaughn, who you might recognize as uh, who actually ended up directing X-Men First Class, which was the next X-Men movie that people were like, oh, that was kind of good. Right. Was going to direct. But then he didn't. So then it ended up being Brett Ratner, who was a real ding dong (laughs) uh, and that no one
1: likes. (laughs) And Also, isn't Brett uh, or um, Brian Singer canceled? He might, be, he might be canceled. I think, I think that he's he was... canceled now.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I heard some bad stuff about him, that people didn't want to... That the newer cast would, wasn't looking... Didn't want to work with him on Dark Phoenix. Right. Um, because of... Um, I don't know exactly the story, but I did read that as well, that they had a hard time he was working with him. a
1: Me Too guy. I can't remember. Oh, really? Yeah. Well... Rip, That's a rip Brian nice Singer. light note to kick things off. Kicking it off, but
0: here's here's the other thing. So, <clears throat> gosh, it it's just kind of wild because so Brian Singer like shouldn't I don't think we should give him too much credit for X Men and X Two because then he came he comes back with Days of Future Past, um, which happened right after X Men First Class, right. which kind of didn't make any sense to do that right after X Men First Class. <laughs>
1: Not really because we didn't I know that the characters movie, yet.
0: Uh, yeah, Days of Future Past was fun yeah. But it didn't really make any sense Because I was like, I don't know who any of these characters are right. It's like they just wanted to get Wolverine back in there Which I get But yeah, reading Matthew Vaughn talking about these movies Is like so depressing Because Matthew Vaughn's like Yeah, I had good ideas And then they they just go off and do their own thing And wouldn't let me Like, like he made X-Men First Class and was like, yeah, we'll take some time getting out the next one figured out. And he was like, and then we'll end it with d- Days of Future Past. And the studio was like, oh, this, this Days of Future Past script is great. Let's do it right now. And he was like, no, mm. no, 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 no. We need to build to this. And they're yeah, like, yeah, right. we'll do it right now. So <laughs> these movies have always suffered from some weird uh, studio intervention. Which, gosh, I'm I'm boring myself talking at this <laughs> about it. So let's now I can't remember. Was it, it
1: this movie X Men: The Last Stand or was it X Men: uh, First Class that had a character named Angel? Oh wait, it was both, but. The they were different
0: mm-hmm. it was both but they were both different
1: <laughs> yeah but one of them uh, was Zo- so, zoe
0: kravitz who's like the most beautiful person the face of the planet so
1: right um but so okay so the like basic plot of this movie is uh they're developing a cure for the mutant x gene which i think is like a hilarious like catch-all thing that like the, the same gene like say there's like a gene that's responsible for having like detached earlobes or whatever and that's called like the earlobe gene or whatever the x gene is responsible for some people being able to like walk through walls and other people <laughs> being able to like set stuff on fire
0: oh yeah right like somehow this governs it, this this gives Jean gray the ability to take people apart with her mind yeah but right. then some people are like well my gene. hands are a little <laughs> sticky like that <it> doesn't really <laughs> Yeah, but okay.
1: so um, there's a cure being invented and like the the X-Men and the Brotherhood of Mutants are both kind of doing their cool Charles and Magneto thing that I love so much, which is they both think that there's a problem, but they go about tackling it in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And then meanwhile, Jean uh, isn't in fact dead, as we assumed at the end of X2. Mm -hmm. She's alive, but the Phoenix has been unleashed. The Phoenix is not a cosmic energy energy force like in the comics. It's just sort of like. She's split from that movie Split. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. She just and has then she
1: this kills her husband.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she has a dark personality that's very powerful that was subdued by Xavier back when she was a little kid. So that's the weird thing about this movie. It starts with two flashbacks. One, which is like <laughs> makes sense because we know who Xavier is, and um we get to see him like talking and we know who Jean Grey is. And so we get to see him being like, Oh, I'm putting this thing in here. So she won't like go crazy or whatever. And then it, then it flashes to a character. We have no idea. We've never even met uh, Warren Worthington and like him cutting his wings off. Oh, which right. is Surprisingly, like kind of graphic. And right. here's, here's the it's thing when I watched when I watched this recap and read the synopsis. Cause once again, Mike and I refuse to actually oh, yeah. I watch mean, look, any I've movies. I've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. We, we've, we've seen it, but here's the thing. When I watched the recap, if I didn't have knowledge of X1 and X2, I, I would have thought, like, this sounds like a pretty good movie. Like, this right. sounds kind of cool. Like, everything – when it was giving me just the beats, like, the the big beats, the big plot beats, I was like, this sounds – like, these don't necessarily go together, but this sounds big and dumb and fun. Like it sounds, it sounds like a big X Men event where too many writers are in the pot and everyone's having just like there's just too many ideas in there. But just the beats, and even when I read the plot synopsis, I was like, this sounds like this sounds like a better movie than it actually is.
1: Yeah, like, I've s- discovered that lately, reading plot synopses and like hearing the writers of things explain what their idea was. Like I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the Game of Thrones episode, the Bettany, off and Weiss like. Having their little piece at the end of each episode, getting to like sort of explain their choices in the episode, yeah, yeah. and thus like sort of cleaning up how it was communicated. I I like <laughs> maybe I'll just stop seeing movies and just start reading hot <laughs> summaries because they always end up being like a little tidier and like more compelling. Like
0: yeah, it's the it, yes agreed because <sighs> you I think like this movie because when you watch this movie, you're especially as a sequel to X two. You are hit with a lot of characters you're meeting for the first time in this movie that you're supposed to care about. And then there's a lot of like wild characterizations that don't really fit the earlier movies, especially Jean right. and Cyclops. And I would even say Magneto.
1: And then and there's no more um, uh, Kurt Wagner.
0: No more. Yeah. No more Nightcrawler. Because what's his
1: face didn't want to put on the makeup again. <laughs> which, like, honestly, that's what I heard.
0: Same dude. I wouldn't want to either. And He's one
1: of my favorite characters, though.
0: He was fun. And Nightcrawler is, like, one of my favorite characters from the comic books, too. Like, yeah, that's that's fun. what I mean. Yeah, he and well, Kitty
1: are my two favorite X-Men characters. Yes,
0: and that's the other one. Like, that's the other cool – and that's the other thing. There was some cool casting in this and some cool characters. Like, having uh, Ellen Page's Kitty Pride could have been so, 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 so cool. Yeah, um, Kitty
1: and- is, like, such a cool character in the comics, especially in the era when she's, like, introduced and she has, like, business to do. And mm-hmm. she they, they sort of use Rogue in this series As that character Like the sort of newbie yeah. Audience surrogate character Of like What is this Wacko world I'm a part of now But yeah, Kitty it, is, yeah. Could have been So much more fun
0: well, and even like we talked about Days of Future Past earlier. In the Days of Future Past, uh, uh, inspiration in the comics, Kitty is the one that goes back in time, not yeah, Wolverine. Right. But you gotta, you gotta use Wolverine, obviously, right? It's Hugh Jackman. But gosh,
1: those Wolverine. movies are Wolverine movies. Like the X Men yes. movies are like Wolverine vehicles. Speaking what? of Kitty Pride going back in time, by the way, there is a Days of Future Past, like based on the comic book, like side scroller mobile game. And I don't I imagine it still exists, but I played that like a motherfucker <laughs> for a long time. This has been in the past like maybe 3 or 4 years that it was released. It is so fun.
0: <laughs> I might have to look that up. That sounds fun as heck. Yeah, it's great. Um, um but we're good. So so all this to say, these movies introduce a lot of stuff try to make you care about them even though they haven't really set up the stage for it. So this movie Yeah, to you me, know, this
1: movie feels a lot like a Return of the Jedi. Like, yes, I was going to say it feels like a neat, yeah. And then the second one, like it really ups the stakes. And then the third one's like, remember these guys?
0: (laughs) Yes. This movie feels like if they took the, if they took like all the prequels, one, two, and three, smashed them together in one movie. And then we're like, here it is. Do you like it? Do you care (laughs) about it? Cause it's like, we're, we're supposed to watch this like characters descent into like madness and villainy. And, but they're like introducing a lot of stuff along the way that you're like, what does this have to do? What, 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 why? And so I think that in that way, it does feel very Star Wars, stars. I like combined Star Wars into one syllable just now. Stars. (laughs) Stars. Um,
1: Yeah. No, that's just the word stars. (laughs) That's just the word stars. That's the big act one number by Javert. (laughs) Stars. When he jumps. Is that when he jumps? Well, it's like a it's like the same melody but that's called like Javert's Suicide. <laughs> uh kind of on the nose there. Um lame. Yeah, if I mean like if that were supposed to be a surprise. You know like how <laughs> the soundtrack to Phantom Menace came out obviously like before people had all seen the movie and there was oh, a track yeah. on it called like The Funeral of Qui-Gon Jinn.
0: <laughs> yes, and like and like Darth Maul's Revenge or whatever and people were like, right.
1: "What? Dang, now we know his name." Yeah. That's One my favorite. Like Darth Maul gets cut in half.
0: <laughs> that's my favorite is when like dumb stuff spoils movies like a soundtrack coming out or like a Lego set. <laughs> and then people are like, "What? Dang it. We looked at the Lego set and it turns out Hulk is like wearing a shirt now."
1: And it's like <laughs> That's yeah, right. right. You were spoiled. Oh, Shirt
0: Hulk. Because you looked <laughs> He's the Shirt Hulk. I saw this post that was a like photoshopped image of uh the Hulk from Infinity War with or no from in uh, game. Yeah, right. But but not green. So it was just like <laughs> normal like, like flesh tone mark like very muscly That's big buffalo. It was so off putting <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Never to be seen. Um,
1: um so okay I just, so, what what were
0: we talking about? Well what we were, were we talking we were about X Men talking X-Men? about X-Men
1: the last stand. Um there is a uh familiar X-Men trope of Magneto lifting a giant landmark. <laughs> um I'm trying yeah, to think of other it, things it. to really cover about the movie. I'm so, I suppose oh, okay. we kind of covered it. We should maybe start relating it yeah, to Star covered... Wars a little bit, but also I wanted to just quickly um check in with you on like a just like a 2 minute Alaska update. How's Alaska? Oh, Alaska date? Alaska update. Alaska um Alaska's
0: great. Here welcome to our Alaska corner. Yeah. Welcome to the fo- Welcome to the 49th state.
1: Here um, here, here let me rephrase this good. How's Josiah's going? sorry hold on hold on how's Josiah's life going I'll ask him
0: oh see that was a good that was a good joke my roommate made that joke whenever I was posting about like flying here whatever and he was like where are you going and I was like Alaska and then he sent me a video being like Alaska again where are you going and then I was like I'm going to Alaska like I didn't get it for a couple times because I was just like watching it very quickly and then finally I was like oh you're doing a pun I see I see Mm. now and speaking
1: uh, of Ellen Page playing Kitty Pride, Juno and Alaska, Juneau. those are things.
0: <laughs> and also Pride Month. It's June. Kitty so Pride
1: Month in June.
0: In June, no. Dang, it's all. Hold on. Illuminati? Like, it's all connected?
1: Illuminati Denali?
0: <gasps> That's
1: where I'm at. Is Lou Malnati's? New That's Malnati's where I'm at?
0: is where Chicago. Dude, how far does this go? How deep down does this go? I think it go? might go to
1: the top
0: of Denali, which is over 20,000 feet tall and
1: 6 million acres
0: and 6 million acres in this frigging park. (laughs) The, yeah, the other night, so just a quick (laughs) Alaska update. I did do a lot of research about moose the other night Mm -hmm. because one of my favorite fun facts, which I learned from the McElroy brothers podcast is, um, that, uh, horses essentially are like running, like their legs are just like fingers. Um, which I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, Mike, but like the bottom half of a horse's like leg is essentially their fingers. So they're kind of running around on like just four big old fingies. Huh? Although I guess it'd be more accurate to say they're they're running around on two fingers in the front and then two toes in the back. Cause that's how, that's how they line up with our like musculature. Okay. So then I told that to a friend here and they were like, well, are moose running around on their fingers and toes too? And I said, I'll look it up. So I did And for some reason I couldn't find A completely labeled uh, Diagram of a moose skeleton Like the musculature I couldn't find the musculature Which leads me to believe that they're Hiding something um, But I could find some stuff about The so the moose are the Largest member of the deer family And uh, essentially, <laughs> Essentially There's two kinds of Okay <laughs> So for hooved animals, there's two kinds of them, right? Or not two, not hooved ones. So you got odd-toed ungulates and even-toed ungulates. Sure. And horses are odd-toed because they only have one that touches the ground, and mooses are even ones because they got two that touch the ground. So they're running around on two fingers on each leg on the front oh, and two like toes on each little, leg in the
1: back. Yeah, I understand. Like the little teardrop-shaped things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's
0: I learned a lot about moose. I just wanted to share that with everybody. Uh, if you get a chance go look up horse fingers it's very weird to think about but it's also um, fun and rewarding to learn about how animals work so get out there well this has been my moose corner what
1: this <laughs> inside has been, of a last corner
0: <laughs> yeah this has been moose with just i'll try to learn something more about moose for next time
1: yes please do uh,
0: Actually, I did learn a lot more about moose, but I'm not going to talk about it at length because I got to save it. I got to yeah, save sure. it. Yeah, sure. Space it out.
1: <laughs> um, and then, then the other really thing that out. you mentioned that I suppose we should maybe talk about—I have nothing to say about it really—but is the Star Wars place in Disneyland opened?
0: Oh yeah, this. What's is it? Just called Galaxy's Star Wars Edge. Land? It's called Star Wars Galaxy, Place. <laughs> Star Wars Place. Star Wars Place. Welcome to Star Wars Place. Um, yeah, it looks that cool as hell. Opened. I would like to go. Looks f- very neat. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about was the blue milk and the green milk. Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of food you can have, and you can get actual blue milk. Okay, but also at Galaxy's Edge, the place they have a green milk. Yes, so it's like what you, it's like, but like who's gonna get the green milk? You know, so blue like, milk you... is
1: Bantha milk, and green milk is Thallasiren milk. That's the what? big creature that Luke milk's on octo in, oh really in the last jedi he's called a or she i suppose it's called a thala siren okay i had to look that up because i saw that woman at a celebration dressed up as one of them and i thought that was just <laughs> like the fucking funniest costume i've ever seen and so i was like what is that big thing that luke milks <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i want to talk about the blue milk and the green milk because apparently the blue milk is pretty good uh but that the green milk is kind of gross uh, but I don't know what the so the blue milk from what from my my reporting my sleuthing apparently the blue milk kind of tastes like a slushy like a pineapple coconut slushy uh, but like milky it's so like a creamy pineapple coconut like slushy kind of thing okay which like I could get down with that sounds yeah that sounds good. like a
1: fun tropical thing
0: but I can't find anything about what the green milk tastes like just that the blue milk is better. So what are we hiding, Galaxy's Edge? What is the thing with the green milk? Maybe A it's just milk.
1: regular milk that went bad.
0: <laughs> Literal green milk. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we gotta get rid of this. We have all um, this milk <laughs> here we at have Disneyland. All this milk. It's so and it's just gross. Why do we have this? Um, my uh,
1: family went to the uh Harry Potter, you know, the wizarding world or whatever it's called in Orlando. Um, and we went early enough that they hadn't built, like, half of now what the park is. Like, they, uh-huh. Diagon Alley wasn't there yet. So, in terms of Galaxy's Edge, I'm guessing it's just going to be huge and that they'll probably expand it. So, I'm just going to, like, oh, sure. wait until I have money <laughs> and, <laughs> and they have, like, expanded it more.
0: Yes, I agree. Because they will, um, right?
1: Like... Oh, From what yeah. I've seen, all you can really do is like build a droid, build a lightsaber, or sit in the Millennium Falcon, and I'm imagining that... Uh, zero of those attractions have a line that's any shorter than like four hours long. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, for sure. Especially like at the start of this, my old roommate's actually going to Disneyland. I think next week, by uh-huh. right the end of the month. So he's gonna he's gonna go to Galaxy's Edge. That's like the reason they're going. Oh, that rules. And, uh, so he's gonna. I, I'm gonna get him to report back to me on how it is. Oh yeah, but, yeah have I, him
1: like record something. We can play. Oh, it. honestly,
0: that's not a bad idea. I'll text him. Um <laughs> But yeah, okay, I I found I did some more sleuthing. Apparently the green milk has a little bit of like a floral taste to it, oh, some floral yikes. notes. Uh so it's like fruity and then floral, which is apparently why people are not enjoying it. Yeah,
1: that sounds kind of rough. Yeah,
0: that sounds a little weird. Um but yeah, the that's happening which is fun and I want to go one of these days. Yeah, I would did like you have to. Butter? Did you have butter beer over oh, at Harry yeah. Potter World? Oh yeah. That stuff's good, man. Stuff's I still good. have
1: the mug. Like the clear Dude, plastic same. mug. Yeah, that high quality it's plastic what I, mug. It's what I keep all the backs to my like enamel pins in. Because <laughs> I, I put the pins on like a cork board.
0: Nice. I've started I put my pins on my denim jacket and I've sure. uh, been really enjoying that. It's very fun. Yes. Um <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's kinda great is I I think we've <laughs> Gone about a half hour and have like <laughs> done one relate relating X Men three We've, to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah,
1: we said it was sort of like Return of the Jedi, but only sort of on paper. And then we talked about Alaska and Star Wars place. Um, yeah,
0: and I talked for like a thousand hours about the directors. production stuff behind, <laughs> which I'm gonna delete.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna edit out
0: most of that. I think because cool, it cool. was so boring. <laughs>
1: um, um, so I, we could like kind of do a build a case for it x-men the last stand being like star wars um yeah i here's here's honestly like i'm having a similar feeling to marvel month that or avengers month that i'm just like i don't care (laughs) i know it's so hard to
0: care about these blockbustery ones is what i'm finding like whenever we do something silly or like a little more niche right um it feels like i I don't know it feels easier but yeah when we're doing a block when we're relating a one blockbuster to another blockbuster it's like oh yeah yeah, they're kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course. Like, they
1: have, like, a big cast of famous people. They yeah. are all – they all have – it's, like, a group of people who all share, like, a same power, even though they're different. But, like, the force and the X gene. Yeah. Um,
0: so here's 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 the other thing. I, I think that – I'm going to make a couple more – uh fours that might are a little less than just like okay it's a blockbuster Uh we've got uh we've got a stellar cast with several people that are wasted in their roles which is uh very star wars very prequely honestly shows up i think in some of the new movies too where they'll bring in some heavy hitters to do like nothing
1: yeah like oscar isaac was apocalypse yes that movie was
0: rough that movie was rough and it's because well that was the other thing like Matthew Vaughn was like in one of the interviews I read he was like they could have done Apocalypse before Days of Future Past right and it would have all made more sense too because it would have given us more time to get to know these younger characters yeah and then so they're more affected more in, the, in Days of Future Past when we actually know who these characters are and uh, yeah just a lot of weird studio decisions for the X-Men movies throughout history Right. Um. But even uh, in like X Men three, uh, in the Last Stand, the one we're talking about, like Ellen Page as Kitty, and uh, even like I think like Halle Berry as Storm wasn't given enough good stuff to do in general, no. and like you have like some really heavy hitter like good actors that aren't just just really aren't given enough to do. Right. Just um, very prequels-y.
1: I'm Trying to think of anything else th- like. Uh, hey, you know what?
0: You know what, though? This, the music, not very Star Wars. No, not at all. It's I, I don't remember any of the I,
1: music. I don't either. It's certainly not the animated series.
0: <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that show rocked. <laughs> that show, okay, yes. But also, have you gone back and watched any of it as a grown
1: well, person? Well, so I actually only discovered it really in, in like, college, not okay. because I was like, I, I missed it, I guess, when it was on when I was young. Um, but it did bring me right back to being really little. There was a, I don't remember like a thing about my first like three and a half years of life. Um, well, Sure, I mean, as most people don't. Right. <laughs> but I guess to explain that further, I I grew up in Bloomington, Indiana, or I, you know, in those three years. From zero to three and change, or maybe about four. I, w- I lived in Bloomington, Indiana. Where so for those of you uh, trying
0: to really uh, track down Mike's life yeah, story yeah. and like steal his identity and stuff, or like really figure out his birth chart, that's a good <laughs> start for you,
1: right? Um, and and uh, the only the, the, I have this weird memory. I've always um, whenever there's like an arcade cabinet game at like a pizza place or whatever, I will yes. go up to it and just quote play it. You know, it's just like running the game over loop. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was an X Men like of that era, you know, like (gasps) ninety three. The X Men arcade game is so good, dude. And I've since played that here, like at one of the bar arcades or whatever. But uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like watching that animated show in college. I was like, oh wow! Somehow I like transported back to the Pizza Hut in Bloomington, Indiana, near my house. I think near my house. Everything's kind of near your house when you're three, and you just get into the car, and then you get out of the car, and you're there.
0: (laughs) Right, but you don't really know what time is yet. You're just like, what? Whoa. Right. Uh, um, but the X-Men <laughs> arcade game is super good. Yes. The X-Men. And honestly, the way that the, that animated series did the uh, dark Phoenix saga is probably the best adaptation of right. that saga that's, that has been done. Um, uh, and I will say that X3 is, is similar to Star Wars in the way that it tries to do something big that people like it's adapting a story, but it's doing something big that people are really excited about. And it misses the mark. Which, for every time that Star Wars has hit the mark, there's also times that it's missed the mark. So that's kind of a 50-50, I that's guess. That's true. But that's
1: sort of like Star Wars as a whole and X-Men as a whole. like. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, well, and it's like it's like what Caitlin said about uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Everybody's got a big, fat fucking opinion about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's also very much this movie. Um, and that people are like... I think most people will deride it for being bad. I don't think there's maybe people out there that are like... Defending it, but like I said, there's some like reading it on paper. It's like there's some cool stuff in here. Like, what happened, right? Yeah, there was something I was gonna say. Oh, that's
1: that's true about the Star Wars prequels. I've I've learned this in my weeks recently of listening to Star Wars Minute about the prequels. They've uh read some pages from like the original shooting script, and like Anakin in episode one was supposed to be more like 12 or 13. Um. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. There were all these sort of. There was. There was at one point a sort of like possible jealousy love triangle with Obi Wan and Anakin and Padme. Dude, and see that would have been so cool. Yeah, like the movies were almost like decent based on their scripts.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, so going back to the animated series real quick, uh, I just want to say that that it, going back and watching it now, like with how much animation has like improved. Oh yeah. It's just, it's just funny to watch how kind of bad the animation is yeah it is kind of Uh, that one and the spider-man animated series and and what's weird too is i think they came out uh a little before probably but around the same time as the batman animated series Mm -hmm. that like the really really good one that everyone loves right um and so it's just kind of funny like seeing how badly (laughs) animated those two are and then how good the uh uh the Batman animated series is. Cause like that one's just like very clean and it's still like not as good as his modern day stuff, but of course, cause it was like a million years ago. Right. Um, but also my favorite thing about the animated series is like Wolverine, like never actually stabs anything or uses his claws cause he can't cause right. of like TV code. Right. And
1: they're always fighting like robots and
0: right. He just is always like slink and gets his claws out and then just jumps and like tackles people. Right. It's <laughs> like, right. Hey man, you should probably use your powers. Maybe. Um, do we want to run to the Starlight Pit real quick and then come back with a game? Because I know you said you had a game you were excited I about. I do
1: have a game. Um, yeah, let's do that.
0: Let's go. Let's run that new ad that I put in last week. Yeah. Right, so everyone can hear the, that fresh new sound.
1: <laughs> Again. Again. All right, Very here we go. soon. Time for a sniffly ad. We're back. And we're back. Welcome back, oh, sweeties. It's time for a game. This game is loosely based on... Um, two games we've had thus far, the one that Michael Delaney brought to us, and then the one mm. that uh, you brought to us of the mm. um, mm-hmm. the fan, fan fiction, fiction or fiction fiction. fiction, fiction. fiction. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, I Googled and found like an article. It was um, for a credit here, geeks.media slash the 10 craziest plots for Marvel's Merry Mutants, the X-Men. <laughs> love um, it, love it. I, I want, because I know um, the X-Men are sort of notorious for having like wacky timeline inconsistencies and like crazy mm-hmm. plot lines that involve like, you know, a, a big robot that makes smaller robots, but those are big. <laughs> like Right. And, and like, like dinosaurs and, like,
0: lost time traveling children and sons and clones and bot he- personalities in the wrong body. The, the X-Men are essentially these like, 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 started out really boring, became the space opera of Marvel Comics, and then became the soap opera of Marvel Comics.
1: Yes, the soap opera big time. And this this will cover that. So your task is to um, discern if the plot synopsis of a, an X-Men plotline that I read you is one that actually happened and was listed on this 10 craziest things or whatever as you know as determined by this random fucking thing I saw online um, okay or if I wrote it
0: okay this is good because I actually know a lot about the X-Men so I should be able Great. to do this pretty well hopefully we'll okay see.
1: okay this one is uh, called the psychic affair between Cyclops and Emma Frost <laughs> Um, The dynamics between Cyclops and Jean Grey Was getting stale Cyclops headed to Emma Frost For some sex counseling Uh, (laughs) One thing led to another And the, the two began sharing delicious thoughts In which Emma cosplayed as Dark Phoenix Then Jean Grey walked in at some point And saw all this kinky psychic sex games And she didn't take it well She was then killed shortly thereafter One of the many times Jean's killed Um, and uh, which validates Cyclops new relationship with uh, with Emma and a future resurrected gene even sends a psychic prompt to coax Cyclops and Emma into making out at the side of her grave (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true
0: Um, (laughs) yeah that's all that's all true and weird and gross
1: that's correct.
0: Although what's funny is that like I actually enjoy the the way they got into it was so bad and gross and weird, but Emma and Cyclops as like a couple is I think more interesting than Emma and Jean as a couple. Uh-huh. Cuz Emma and Jean and, or, and, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah Emma. <laughs> oh, ooh, hold on. <laughs> don't read my fan fiction. Uh, Scott and Jean as yeah, a couple. Yeah, Scott and Jean have... are
1: both like such like type A boy scouts.
0: Yeah, they're very much, like, the, Jean Grey suffers from, in especially in the early run, and I think still to this day a little bit, of being the, her personality was was girl. Yes. Because uh, she was the girl on the team, and that was it. Which is pretty Star Wars. Which is pretty Star Wars, That's very true. And so, like, she didn't have much going on, and then Cyclops was like, I'm the leader, and so... And they also were kind of like teen uh, romance and so their, their relationship to me has never been super interesting, right. even though their uh, progeny and line is like the most important in the entire universe, apparently. Um, but <laughs> yeah just kind of and, Star Wars. It's just oh, yes, that's so gosh, you know what, Playing this game we might get into more of Maybe how this movies. Maybe X-Men,
1: been. the comics are pretty Star Wars, but this movie isn't really?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're definitely right. But let's get into another one. Hit me with another one.
1: Okay, um, this one is called Wolverine Becomes an Animal." magneto tears the adamantium out of wolverine's skeleton and it almost kills him let's see the uh, adamantium was holding wolverine's mutation in check his healing factor so um, when the adamantium all leaves his healing factor like gets kicked up to 11 um, and doesn't have doesn't have to deal with the adamantium poisoning so without the adamantium he begins to mutate into an animal with animal instincts taking over to the point that in one uh part of the story he licked Cyclops on the face, um and visibly he became shorter, stubbier, and lost his nose. Uh yeah, that's I, I think that's I'm pretty sure that's true because I yeah, do that's remember true. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I do remember uh the uh Magneto ripping the adamantium out of his um body although I didn't re- I didn't read about him becoming more of an animal just that he became more like feral.
1: Um, right. Well, that might be a better way to describe it, anyway. But that is—it is so that—that that was also a, a one wacky time. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm gonna cut some of these. This one's. This one's good. <clears throat> Juggernaut hooks up with She-Hulk. I'm just gonna stop right there because that
0: is true. <laughs> and I do. Uh, uh-huh. It is true. But it's—it's it's funny <laughs> because it's—it's it's true. But there has been a lot of like. Retconning slash weird. That's stuff right. So in to, this
1: like synopsis, I guess like she, he went to her as like a lawyer, and, yeah, and they hooked up, and then like it says uh, until uh, until it was retconned as being an alternate reality. She Hulk.
0: Yeah, there's it, it, yeah. A lot of writers later were like, she would never do that to <laughs> someone that she was like. First off, as a lawyer, she's a real professional, and then second off, like she wouldn't do that with like a uh, uh, like <laughs> you know villain. Who's who's done? A, who's like killed people and is a very bad person? Right. Um, so yeah, that one's true.
1: Um, okay. Next, the Red Skull is resurrected. It's actually a clone of the Red Skull, and mm-hmm. uh, he becomes obsessed with mutants. And he steals the body of Charles Xavier and cuts yep, out and his brain. He cuts brain. out his
0: brain and he puts it in his own body, <laughs> and then That's now he's know. telepathic. Yeah, that one's also true. That was
1: number <laughs> one on this like article. Um, Oh. I, I read that series because at the time I was reading the Magneto comic. I think I've even talked about it on this podcast yeah. before. It was awesome. And then they got all tied into one of the like crossover events, which was like total dog shit. It was that one. It was the Axis yep, yep. where at the yeah, end Axis of it, was Dr. Strange or Dr. Doom and Wanda Maximoff like cast some kind of crazy spells that inverts good and bad and all the bad guys become good guys and all the good guys become bad guys which is like the yeah. stupidest thing that's also sort of like weirdly star wars in the way that like you are either good or bad yes it was so like light dumb side and or dark side points
0: this goes into like a lot of other dumb like we can't we can't i can't go too into this because it's very stupid but like so there was a couple of villains that got turned, and then a couple of good guys that got turned. Right, but then like it was all reversed by the end of it. But the funny thing was, is they were like, "Oh," um, but they were like, "Yeah, it's just it's just inverted." So like the good guys aren't going to be entirely bad. It's just going to be like, right. you know, their worst sort of version of themselves. And so they were trying to make it more nuanced, but then it, it none of it was. It was like, no, no, oh, no they're just bad now. Rough. Like they were like, yeah, Iron Man's not bad now. He's just like gone back to being like only caring about money and all this stuff. But then he was like, you know making people, uh, giving people curious to stuff. And then, but then they were dying and they'd have to pay like every day to get better. And it's like, Oh no, that's right. still pretty evil guys. That's not that's like Martin Shkreli. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So like they tried to make it in classic Marvel fashion. They tried to make it nuanced and missed the mark entirely. Right.
1: Um, okay. So hold on. This one is a little long, but, uh, that's okay. Bear with me here. Scott goes on a mission to the Savage lands. He gets trapped there, and after many years, he marries a pterodactyl. (laughs) Uh, We then find out, though, that this was all a simulation as put together by the Danger Room, Um, and that simulation ends, and the other X-Men are all disappointed and upset with Scott's decision, and he he becomes a pariah and is cast away from Xavier's mansion. Um, But we then find out that this was all a fake reality projected into everyone's mind by Charles via Cerebro, Um, And then uh, as Charles is leaving Cerebro, the large domed room, the view zooms out and out and out to reveal that the sphere he's in um, is actually one of Emma Frost's boobs. It's (laughs) not really Emma, but it's the space-time continuum illustrated in a familiar form to us, the readers. Um, We zoom back in, but to the other boob into a (laughs) parallel reality, an alternate Cerebro. Charles enters He has hair But it's really thin And it's the same color As his skin (laughs) And Logan enters Behind him And keeps calling Charles Bob Instead of Bub Um (laughs) Charles fiddles With the controls And says You wanted to see What this baby Could really do He pushes a button And the entire dome Becomes an IMAX screen And then the two of them Watch all three Of the How to Train Your Dragon movies And kiss in between All the exciting parts During the boring parts Mm. Um and just then, a startled Scott Summers bolts awake. Thank God, it was all a dream. And then he hears, mm-hmm. is everything okay? From a voice next to him. And he looks down and we see a pterodactyl wearing a bridal <laughs> veil. And uh, Scott looks at his beautiful bride. Is everything okay? Yes, Scott says. Everything is perfect.
0: Um, so that didn't actually happen, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but I do think that's the end of the Phil Hartman show, too, maybe? <laughs> one of his shows, I think. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they it, it, it did a crossover with the Dinosaurs show, and that, that was the end of, of his show, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? It, no, no, but the end of the. I think it's the Phil Hartman <laughs> show. It's one of his shows. The Bob, the Bob Newhart litera- show. Bob Newhart. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, the wrong yeah. name. Uh, Bob Newhart oh, yeah cuz the ending was rich, like it was all a dream
1: it was all a, like there was it Bob was Newhart show and then there was the show Newhart and at the end of that show i guess or i might have it vice versa um he wakes up and yeah. it was his other tv shows wife
0: yeah which is hilarious and such a good joke Great to joke. do on everybody um but no it's funny cuz like that wasn't true but like <clears throat> at the beginning part of it i was kind of questioning it that's, because that's well, that's why I, I
1: i told you like right after writing this that i'm super excited <laughs> to play the X-Men game because i started <gasps> writing it and then i was like what would be like so fucking weird but like maybe and I was like, maybe well, like, Scott there have marries been... a pterodactyl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there have been, like, weird danger – like because d- the danger room, like, becomes, like, sentient and becomes just known as, like, right. danger. in the Joss Whedon like, ones, which is a villain. awesome. Yeah, it's like a villain and then kind of a good guy and lots of weird stuff. And then there's also, like, a weird uh, – like, Emma Frost puts, like, Kitty through, like, a, a – or no, um, gosh, what's her name? The bad – Madam – Madam someone, some bad telepathic lady who's, like, Charles – like, twin from the womb oh, that got right. eaten or something stupid like that. Is that, that. like, the um,
1: Grant Morrison one?
0: Yeah, it's in the Grant yes. Morrison run. Ugh, Cassandra or something. And so there's a lot of weird stuff that's, like, like what you were saying was all very much started <laughs> out very x men where I was like, this could be true. But the other thing is, like, <laughs> which I didn't, Mention because I didn't want you to think that I didn't want to play the game because I do want to play the game. <laughs> because I did have the X Men like ultimate encyclopedia growing up and I read it cover, <laughs> so I did. I do know pretty much everything that's ever happened to the X Men up until like the year 2000. Sure, um, and then he, and then after that, I know a lot of it too, just because I started reading them. Um, but yeah, that <laughs> X Men stuff is weird, dude, it's so weird,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I uh, that's that's the end of that game. Um
0: <laughs> well, go, so going off of that a little bit, something interesting that X-Men 3 The Last Stand does is it tries to bring in a lot of the cool sort of elements from the comics that hadn't been like brought up yet. Um, but it does that thing that I think Star Wars does sometimes, too, where it has too many cool to- toys to play with and it throws them all in the, the pot right. at once. And then it's like, I don't know. Do you like this? Is it good? And it's like, guys, 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 we can't have all these things happening at once like it put like it takes the characters that we haven't seen yet like angel and beast and is like check it out check it out it's angel and right. beast and also gosh kelsey Grammer as beast is such good casting totally that it's like such a shame that that movie wasn't uh good and didn't yeah. do well because i would have watched i i wish i could see kelsey Grammer as beast more because he's such good casting uh it's just so good and then also they kind of do like a Morlocks thing where they're like, "Look, it's Callisto." Remember the oh Morlocks? God, we haven't right. really talked about them yet. That's who,
1: um, and then Magneto sort of enlists, like the sort yeah, of he goes downtrodden to like the, mutants.
0: Right, they're the mutants that are kind of like their powers either make them like ugly or right. more dangerous in general to be around. So they've kind of started their own society. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so they they did a lot of stuff. Same with like the Juggernaut and Multiple Man. Like they did a lot of things where they were like all these cool characters that we haven't seen yet in this series. But then they threw them all together. And even stuff like making Iceman at the very end be like completely covered in ice for the first time. Like a lot of interesting stuff that they were like, check it out. We can do this, all this right. stuff. But none of it quite lands and none of it quite goes together. Um, which I think is, yeah, like we said before, like kind of star Wars in the way that sometimes that's what happens to star Wars and sometimes not. So it's kind of a 50, yeah, I'd argue like, that like it ways.
1: happens less than it doesn't in terms of the star Wars world. Like,
0: yeah, I think it happens like one, I think it happens like 20% of the time in star yeah. Wars. and yeah. And maybe not even that much, but like, I just think that sometimes in some of the movies you're like, Oh, this is maybe a little too much or like, Oh, this was like, uh, this could have been cut, or this character could have been cut, or, like, this could have been done. But, right. But well, it and does it does happen like, sometimes.
1: Uh, books and expanded stuff where we, like, find out everybody's information, like, background characters oh, from the cantina so or whatever. And that's, that's true. Yes.
0: Okay, you know what this is? Yes. X3 is a wacky – is, like, essentially the, the way it is Star Wars is that it is – the Star Wars, in the way that, like, some of those really not well thought out extended universe, expanded right. universe books. Yeah. Were. Like, that's like what it is. Early
1: Marvel comics, when there was like a giant green bunny.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. It, yeah. Cause, like, it feels like this movie, X3, is to X Men, like the f- movies before that, and like the movies they've made, as a weird Star Wars expanded universe would be to the actual Star Wars canon. Right. To where, like, other writers would do their best to kind of write it off and be like, no, this didn't actually happen, which they did do when they made uh, days of future past, uh, in the movies that kind of, they're kind of like, Oh, see, everything's fine now. We kind of rewrote right. everything. So this, the movie that you didn't like doesn't actually count anymore. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's not what this podcast oh, is no, about. No, that's
1: right. It's not about how good something is.
0: It's about how star Wars it is, dude.
1: Yeah. Um, I I'm like honestly pretty close I think in terms of what I'm going to give this as a rating but uh because we have a little bit of time I think still uh who are your favorite x-men characters
0: yeah let's do this um because I'm bored about talking about the yeah, movie yeah it's, it's like uh, not wait real fun quick to talk about <laughs> I want to talk about one thing which we've talked about on the podcast before I think yes. but the they, they took one of the writers of uh x3 days or uh, x3 last stand and made him who's also produced um the more recent X-Men movies and made him the only director and writer and producer of dark Phoenix. Oh, that's right. Um, it is. So Simon Kinberg is that guy, which, uh, apparently also, like you said, Brian singer me too. And some of the actors, like their stipulation was that like, I will only do this if Brian Singer's not yeah. involved. Like, I don't want to be in this movie if he's going to be doing it. And so some of them were like, Oh yeah, if Simon Kinberg's like directing, I'll come do it. Because apparently people are friends with him, even though he does. This is his directorial debut, and his writing is very hit or miss. But it just seems so, like it, I think it's the most big movie studio thing ever to take the, the the worst movie of the original ones that you have ever made, and then take the writer from that, and then be like, "Hey, do you want to try this again?" Yeah, that is very. Uh, but we'll give you. But we'll give you more money, and you get to do it all by yourself this time. How's that sound? Like. Why would you give someone who, by all intents and purposes, like, like failed in the public's eyes and then be like, this time you're in charge? <laughs> like, it's so strange to yeah. me. Yeah, and uh, that
1: weirdly sort of parallels, not not exactly, but George Lucas. Like, he directed Star Wars yes, and it was a hit yes. as opposed to this being just sort of like, meh. Uh, but, but then it became fairly clear in later iterations that, like, the better things came from collaborating with like people stronger at different tasks than he was. Right. that He was and more like an idea. He was guy. like,
0: I'm going to make the prequels. Yes, exactly. So maybe this, maybe this is a point for dark Phoenix being pretty star Wars, but I just think it's so wild. And he must be like a pretty good guy to get along with. Cause apparently people were like, we want him to be a part of this movie, but it just seems so crazy to me that they were like, yeah, yeah. Your directorial debut will be the capstone to this series. Yeah, Crazy. Um, it's Although wild. maybe they were My also like, we X-Men. have nothing
1: to lose.
0: <laughs> That's true because this is like the lame duck of the right. series, where they're like, it's all going over to Marvel soon, anyways. So who cares? Yeah. No one's gonna watch. Like, this what movie. if everybody no dies?
1: <laughs> like,
0: I would. <laughs> yes. What if? Th- what if Thanos shows up and does a snap? <laughs> just it's just they're like, yeah, remember that? That we can do it now. Because yeah. <gasps> nothing matters anymore. Oh. Also, I read I read a news story about how like. Uh, some like people who are, you know, the head the heads of the Marvel people who make the movies and stuff, were like tossing around ideas like online or like tweeting at people, whatever, and like one of the ideas of like how to bring Deadpool into the Marvel cinematic universe was like having him like do a team up with Spider Man, mm. uh, and I just think that's such a bad idea, because you would end up really watering down like what makes the Deadpool movies fun and yeah. good. By having it, by having him interact with like squeaky clean good boy, Peter Parker, unless they unless they really leaned into that, um, which could be fun, but I don't know. I just They've done like, Guys. that as a
1: comic, and it's pretty fun from what I remember.
0: Right. the The, the comic is pretty fun, and I think in part because there's a weird thing where like Deadpool kind of like has a crush on Spider Man, <laughs> or like makes or like makes jokes about it all the time, which wouldn't work as well in the movies because he's like spider-man's like 16 right <laughs> and deadpool's like a grown man uh but we'll see how they do it um so who's your favorite x-man
1: um like i mentioned earlier kitty pride is a big one uh in fact i have a kitty yeah. action figure which is kind of cool <laughs> uh, sorry Ooh. did i say kind of cool i meant like really i mean, very very cool <laughs> oh <laughs> um and i really like uh nightcrawler mm-hmm. i i i i think i go with kitty there as my favorite just because of like the couple of stories that really got me into the x-men she was sort of at the center of and in fact like there's a current i don't know if it's still current but like a very recent x-men comic that i started reading and then i just sort of fell off of because that's how comics work um that she was like the leader like she was like the cyclops of the group and it was like it was fun having her in that role um, In the Joss Whedon Astonishing totally. X-Men She's just so like such, such a like winning character Like she's so compelling I remember like finishing those books and being like I, I haven't like felt this way about like a character from something before <laughs> Yes Let alone a comic book
0: Well I think that's what makes certain runs of X-Men very good Is because you either need to balance the ensemble of the cast you have incredibly well Or you need to kind of like give someone a main story And then have everything else kind of yeah. Surrounding them, and I think that's what made that Joss Whedon run really good was that Kitty Pride right. was very much a main character. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that I, my favorite is probably, and this this might like Nightcrawler has always been one of my favorites. Um, back when I liked to draw like uh, superhero stuff, I always drew Nightcrawler because uh-huh. I thought he was very cool. Um, and like this is kind of a cop out, but and uh, I, I don't, I guess, I guess I don't really feel the need to qualify it as much as like um, I'm trying to like I, I feel like I'm really hedging here, but Wolverine has always been one of my favorites. Yeah. And like still I really is like one of him my too. <laughs> and he suffers from like the same thing that any very popular character suffers from and that he is everywhere. Yeah. Um. But I think when he's written well, uh, it's very cool, and he's fun to read because he's a really interesting, fun, cool character. Yeah, I love how um,
1: he like very frequently sort of champions whatever the like new girl is. Like, yes, he... that's
0: one of my favorite dynamics is Wolverine as samurai with uh, like young uh, new kid. Yeah, and nor- like it's like it happened with Jubilee, it happened with Kitty Pride. with uh, uh, armor. Elizabeth armor, yes. I think it's such a fun dynamic because Wolverine's like. All right, I'm going to show you the ropes. Yeah, I love that. It's very cool. And also uh, a lot of the comics I started reading were like right whenever Wolverine became an Avenger. Uh, And like the new Avengers, like right at like once they were kind of relaunching all the Avenger stuff. So a lot of the context I read him in when I started actually reading comics was kind of as this um, sort of like how he was in the original X-Men, where he was like this sort of loner. Uh, kind of guy who didn't really fit in with the sort of goody-goody touches of everybody else, but that he wasn't really that in the X Men anymore. And then putting him into um, that dynamic with the Avengers was really interesting. And watching him lead like the Uncanny X Force in that really good yeah. run. Yeah. And also seeing him as, like, headmaster in Wolverine and the X-Men. Like, right. I think he is a character that is oversaturated, but when he's written well it's fun. and put in cool situations, it's very, very fun.
1: I honestly, I love him in the movies, in the, in the first few especially. Think, like, when uh, yeah. when he comes back... On uh, Scott's motorcycle and he throws him the keys And he's like, bike needs gas <laughs> And then Scott throws him back He's yes. like, fill it up uh, Like, that <laughs> dynamic's really fun I think when uh, <laughs> the scene in It might even be this one that we're talking about Or, or it might be X2, I can't remember When uh, they're at, like, Bobby's house And yeah. Wolverine's just, like, tooling around in their fridge And they're, he's like, oh, mom, dad, this is uh, a Professor Logan from school and they're like, "Hi, Professor Logan. What do you teach?" And he's just like, "Art. <laughs> Art. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. Yeah,
0: he's fun. And I think that that like like you said, these move these movies are Wolverine movies, right? Because uh, I think and they were also like Hugh Jackman's star turn. Yes. Um, and he's like, honestly, the only thing about Hugh Jackman that's like not wolverine it to me is that he's so friggin' tall yeah which they just they just ended up being like you know what because like you can see in the first movie they try, they kind of try to make him look shorter in some shots right. um but like wolverine canonically is very very short in the comics right. So like i don't because I, I don't care in the movies that they made him tall but like literally i, I could transplant like i could control like copy paste hugh jackman's wolverine into any comic book with wolverine and i feel like he'd be a pretty good fit just because he's he just really is that character yeah he, he did
1: like a really good job
0: <laughs> he did do a really good job um anyway this is our wolverine fan podcast yeah so okay you said you're pretty close to a rating so what do you got mike yeah. what do you got hit me, in hit fact, me hit something
1: me. you just said made me think of star wars like uh it launched his career And didn't do a whole lot for anybody else, which is very Harrison (laughs) Ford.
0: Very Harrison Ford, yeah. Uh,
1: So, you know, we had a couple of pros that weren't just It's a Blockbuster. Uh, I certainly, just because it's on my mind and my recent memory, I certainly think it is a higher rating than Veggie Tales.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But,
1: uh, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, and I need a unit of measure. Um, I'm going to do, oh, I can't remember if it was in this movie or not, but... Little uh, balls of iron that get sucked out of that yeah. guy's blood.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was an X 2 but I'll allow God it. Damn it! Um,
1: I'll do <laughs> I'll do um, floating sunglasses at Alkali Lake. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Wolverine claws, and you'll understand why in a minute. Sure. So what's your rating?
1: Um, okay, so like I I can't see myself going any higher than like a four. Okay, okay. I think it's a four out of ten uh Scott's floating sunglasses.
0: See, I was gonna go with six Wolverine claws. Ah, yes. Um so so we're we're on either end of the midway point. Sure. Uh which I think is telling. And
1: yeah, that's like um, it, it honestly what it probably is is five. <laughs> so yeah, we uh
0: let's just you wanna settle with five, maybe? <laughs> just yeah, sure. Fine. Who, who, who even cares? Yeah, Fine. it's not the, a good show. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: this is That's a, not that's true. Important. The only things that we've ever heard from people are that it is fun and good, except for one one-star review.
0: <laughs> and even that review said it was good. They just changed the star rating, <laughs> so who even knows? Uh, yeah, I think one, one final thing to say about this movie before uh, we wrap it is I think this movie is kind of a – it, it comes from an interesting time. In movie making mm. which I think is you, you don't find as, as much anymore because I think you can find the aesthetic of like a modern blockbuster very much they all kind of have a similar aesthetic like your Star Wars are going to be similar to your Avengers right. are going to be even even similar to like your DC ones that are like trying to do something different they all kind of feel samey in a way whereas like the blockbusters from this like early 2000s era Feel very different from each other, like like Lord of the Rings and X Men and Spider Man and um, uh, Harry Potter. Like these all feel very different.
1: Yes, that's a peek behind the curtain for future weeks.
0: (laughs) Uh huh. But they all feel very different in a way that modern blockbusters don't, and in the way that I think early blockbusters don't. Because I think when we watch early blockbusters like Jaws and Star Wars and stuff like that, and like Terminator and stuff they feel dated and like period E. So we're like, we kind of lump them all together right. and we kind of lump all modern ones together, but it's almost like 20 years ago, or like fifteen to twenty years ago is like not long enough for us to see them as being period e right, and only only long enough ago for us to view them as like kind of sucking
1: because, <laughs> right because like how like if the ones you were to, that, if you were to like flash forward like thirty years and or, or, or say twenty years I don't know and and like our kids generation. Has like a 2000s party The way that we might have like a 70s party Or an 80s party Like I can't even really picture what they'd be wearing That's any different than now But like that's obviously incorrect
0: Right, and it's and like that's going to happen, right. and we're going to be confused by it. Right, and they're also probably going to look at these early two thousands movies with a different eye than we are, and and be like, oh well, that's kind of fun. Like, it's a weird, uh, it's like not great, but it's also like classic, like two thousands feel to it. Right, and we're going to be like, we don't understand what this means because <laughs> this is like, just what happened as we were growing up. Right. so I think I think that's why I'm having a hard time, uh, comparing this movie because it's sort of the first one we've done that is of that time period and that's isn't true. sort of either very modern or, like, original Star Wars. Right, you know what I mean? Right. It's just a different feel. And I'll be interested to, to get into more movies from this time period and see if we have the same issue. Yeah. But that's all I had to say
1: um, Okay. Uh, so for, the rest, for the rest of my something life. Something like a five?
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll say like a five, sure.
1: Cool. Well, uh, speaking of five, uh, we would love a five-star review from anybody listening there out there. And look, we've got something like 26 reviews on Apple Podcasts. And by something like I mean exactly 26 I just looked. You mean and, and he means he means ratings oh, not yeah, reviews. whatever Ra- ratings, but they uh, a lot of them have little reviews too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there are more than 26 of you listening. There's not a lot more than 26. <laughs> <laughs> but could you please give us a five star?
0: We'd love that. I would love more five star ratings. I would love some reviews and we will. Uh, once again, we will shout you out. If you do give us a review, we'll get a, if we get a bunch more, um, we'll go ahead and do that. We don't have, I think many more right now than what we've already done. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, so we'll have to check that in a little bit, but more importantly, tell your friends if you like the show, we've got a lot of people who are, I think coming back week after week, uh, which is really cool. And if you enjoy it, tell your friends, find someone who's as nerdy as you or likes to likes, uh, dumb shit sideways, uh, Whatever, what did he oh, say yeah, last time? Right. It
1: was like a Venn diagram where one side was <laughs> um, like sideways critical thinking and the other side was dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. If you enjoy that, then tell your friend because that way you can talk about it together and uh, you can like tweet at us and email us all your opinions. And if you want to, we are on the internet at House Star Wars, is It on Instagram and Twitter. Our email is a goodpodcast at gmail.com. Because that's what this is. Because uh, that's what this is. And we are also individually on online. I'm at the Josiah Man on Twitter at Mike Gospel and hit us up and we'll chat with you. Yeah,
1: we'll chat. Anything
0: else, Mike? Can you think of?
1: Uh, no, not other than I'm gonna go to bed and uh, put some NyQuil in my veins.
0: Mike yeah, gonna inject it straight in the veins. Mike's a little sick baby, so we're gonna let him go. Everyone say good night, Mike. As we always say, good night, Mike. Good night, Mike. I hope that like on Monday you hear a lot of people all over the world going good night, Mike. All
1: over the world.
0: Yes, all over. But like we always say, we uh, love we you. We love you. I forgot what we always say. And may, may the, the fourth, fourth be, be with, with you. you.
1: Bye bye. Bye.